Welcome to episode 56 of the Amanda Wagner podcast, the place for fiercely ambitious entrepreneurs and leaders who want to get off the sidelines, be known for something that matters and claim their spotlight. In this episode, LP and I share the perks that we thought were part of entrepreneurship, even if we forget to use them. We talk about how freedom looks different in different stages of your business. And we provide some suggestions on how to take more advantage of some of these creative perks and freedoms and how we can rethink being a leader or entrepreneur, even when we have rituals, routines, and processes. I'm Amanda Wagner, a business strategist, coach, and professional speaker. And I'm Liz Pittman, a digital communications specialist. The Amanda Wagner podcast is the place for ambitious leaders and entrepreneurs who are done shopping for shortcuts, no longer waiting for an invitation to do what they want, and are ready to claim their spotlight. On this podcast, we talk about the challenges and triumphs of ambition and bravery, living thoughtfully and strategically in a noisy world, and share our experiences as entrepreneurs with big ambition. Leadership and entrepreneurship boast freedom. Freedom to control your hours, your schedule, the opportunities that you get and the ones you choose to take. Freedom of how you use your time, your money and energy, where you focus, what you offer, what you want to create. This freedom feels like it's all around us. And yet, once we settle into some routine, you have a sense of what you offer or the people you support, how you generate revenue and how you spend your time, money and energy that freedom can very quickly fly out the window. The freedom of entrepreneurship and leadership, this pull to experiment and get creative and throw things at the wall to see what sticks is supposed to be a perk. So why do we forget to do it? Or why do we resist doing it more often? The idea of throwing something at the wall and seeing what sticks or completely reimagining the way we do things seems to be exclusive to the quote unquote early days of being an entrepreneur or leader, especially when you are brand new to this role or this position. I know in 2017, I was brand new to this world and I started my first business originally called Retail to Riches. Yes, it's a terrible name. And all I wanted was some routine. I wanted some normalcy to what I was doing. I wanted to know that I had a system. I had a process. I had proof of profitability. I had something that worked and I wanted some legitimacy. I wanted validity. I remember sitting down with my former boss. And if you've listened to the podcast for a while, you will know that this is the person who laid me off. Uh, as, as you may also know, I'm a people pleaser and try to maintain relationships for as long as possible, even if it's not necessary. Um, but in this conversation, it was probably three months after I had been laid off. I made the decision to start a business. I was in the early stages. I had gotten my first client and I remember telling him about what I was building, how I was going through some of the branding work and all of the quote unquote hacking that I had to do because even though I had signed my first client, I hadn't yet made any money. I didn't have a proof of concept. I had an idea. I knew it was viable, but I also knew that what I set out to do, which for the case of Retail to Riches, which is now called The Compliment, it isn't easily described or recognized. 
to do professional development training and workshops in an industry of retail and service and supporting businesses in creating consistent and consistently excellent customer experiences, you can see that it just took me 50 words to try and describe what I do there. It is not easy to simplify into a title. Knowing that I had a lot of work to do to communicate what I could do to people and to ask them to give me money, I knew that it was a bit of an uphill battle. Why I bring up this conversation with my former boss is because he was envious of where I was. He explicitly said, oh, I miss that part. And hearing that gave me such mixed feelings. First, I am a petty human and I loved that he was envious because it told me that I was doing something right or something admirable and, and my little baby feelings felt good about that. The other feeling is that I couldn't imagine why he was envious when I was so eager to get out of that stage because all I wanted was proof and profitability, a business model that worked. I wanted consistency and I wanted routine and I wanted to know that I wasn't second guessing or I wasn't questioning or I wasn't having to experiment all the time because it's tiring and it's frustrating. This happened again in 2020 when I started the Amanda Wagner and I started kind of from scratch again. I knew that I didn't want to be the customer experience lady forever. I knew more about running a business. I had a better sense of what I wanted to accomplish. And I was reminded of how annoying it can be to have to make all these decisions. And that even though freedom is what we seem to all want, it can be harder than I remembered it ever being. I remember in meetings with my designer to create the original visual identity and go through the branding work. I just felt like every question I was answering with I don't know. I have to wait and see. I think it's this, but it might change. Now, as we are recording this, this is spring 2022. I have completed a, a rebrand and revamped the visual identity while my designer did. Thanks, Natasia. It wasn't me. It was her. I finally feel like I understand my former boss's response. I understand his envy because I can see the desire to throw things up in the air and to try a brand new strategy and to let go of the fear of experimenting with something new. I understand that feeling because I got to do it again. And even though it was really, really hard, it's some of the best and most fulfilling brain work I've ever had to do. Liz, what was your experience of being brand new to running your own business full-time? It was good. It was different than yours because when I started my business and working with clients, first I did it on the side, I was doing essentially the same thing all day long at a corporate job for a single in-house client. So there was a lot of duplication of the work. So that part was easy because I knew processes that I liked. I knew I liked doing things a certain way because it was already familiar to me. 
what was different was now I had the opportunity to change things to do them the way that I liked it because I had done the experimentation at my job. So I already had a bit of knowledge to be like, okay, I know this is good. I know I hate doing things this way. Now I have the opportunity to do things my way. I have the power now. So, and it was such a wonderful thing when I went full time to have an entire day or week or month to work on things where I was doing two hours on a Tuesday night and then four hours on a Saturday morning. You know, it was just so wonderful. And I was so pumped to have more time to do things the way that I knew I wanted them to be. That dedicated time is so interesting that I remember you, you intentionally left your job to go full-time in your business. And I didn't, I was laid off. I remember at the beginning feeling like I have to fill my day with something. I have to somehow justify these eight hours. And so I just, I, I kind of get goosebumps at the, at the prospect of this is my job full-time. My job is to, to do things my way. My job is to find what works for me and figure out the types of clients that I work with. I can see that being freeing. And now a couple years in, it's easy to resist playing. It's easy to take the routine that I once wanted so bad and craved and think that it is gospel and it is the only way to do things it's harder to step back and make some changes because if I'm stepping back and, and taking myself out of the business and really thinking big picture, it not only requires a lot of brain work, but my brain goes to, okay, how is this going to change this process? How is this going to change this piece that I've set up? And there's something I hear in my Zoom room all the time with my private coaching clients is like, I just need a system. If I just had the system, everything would be great. And I'm, I'm one of those people that's like, okay, what is the goal of having a system? Because sometimes I think it's, it's bullshit that we're sold that we just need more systems and processes and the right tools. If I have Trello and Asana and Google docs and my notes app and this, then everything's going to run seamlessly. And I don't think that's true, but I also know how tempting it is to get the freaking system in place because there's the, there's the validity, there's the legitimacy, there's the, I have a plan and now I just follow the steps and can move forward. But I think there are some disadvantages to being too set in our systems. To me, the question when we think about freedom and perks of entrepreneurship and leadership is how do we keep ourselves from getting or feeling stuck and give ourselves permission and time to play again? If, if you are the type of person who believes in challenging the status quo, it's time to prove it and put that into action. And that might mean taking some days away from being in the business and finding a way to play again, finding a way to experiment. It also might mean tapping into to that vulnerability and finding somebody else that you can do that with. Liz and I have come up with a couple ideas of how we personally, keep ourselves from getting stuck. And full disclosure, I, I feel like I've been stuck. I've, I've had moments of I'm doing the same thing every day and I'm finding myself getting bored, but also reconciling that with, even though I'm bored, I have a system that works. I have predictable revenue. Isn't this what I'm supposed to want? 
So one of the ideas that I have to, to help me and hopefully others from getting or feeling stuck is to really reconsider what counts as work. I read an article about moving forward in a post-COVID era and how employers need to be prepared for what some of these changes will look like in our work lives. There is a link to this article in the show notes. And this particular one outlined that there are six different things that all contribute to working. First is commitment, which is affirming courses of action, inspiring others, making commitments and calls and goals. Second one is creation, developing, doing research, analysis, and working on actual deliverables that you can say, I've finished this. Communication is another thing that counts as work, advising, negotiating, exchanging information with colleagues, clients, coaches, any professionals that you work with. Collaboration also counts as work, executing and completing projects as a team. Community counts as work. So building company culture and social initiatives, regardless of if you are a team of one or a team of 2000, What is it like to build engagement and relationships within the business with the quote unquote stakeholders? That's the most businessy I will get, but with the the people that are involved in your company and in your community. And finally, that last thing they cite as counting as work is coaching. How are we mentoring and motivating individuals and teams? So those six words of what counts as work, commitment, creation, communication, collaboration, community, and coaching. Back in the Amanda Wagner podcast archives, episode 19 is titled, What Counts as Work? Rethinking What Makes Up Your Workday. And I remember in this episode, one of the things that was really challenging for me was to acknowledge that reading a book from somebody that I admire or about creativity or about writing or speaking or customer experience, one of the things I wanted to do that counted as work for me. So if I can consider some of this playtime, some of the throw things at the wall and see what sticks, some of the reimagining, if I count that as work, it's less likely to slide. It's less likely to take a back seat or to be rescheduled or to be one of those, I'll do it later. I'll do it when I take a break and instead become part of my regular routine. What counts as work isn't just checking boxes. I think if we can subscribe to a more flexible model of what counts as work, the time spent in development, experimenting and doing things differently is time well spent. And it can help you take advantage of the freedom and the perk that is leadership and entrepreneurship. Exploring how you do things and and challenging the status quo is in fact part of your job as an entrepreneur or leader. And it probably takes more than three days a year at a retreat where you have some great ideas and use post-it notes and then you go back to the way things were. Another way to take advantage of this this freedom perk that we talk about but rarely use is to find someone that you trust and can be vulnerable with and arrange what I call a play date, where one of you or both of you bring something to the table and you do a good old-fashioned brainstorm session. 
you have somebody who maybe comes from a different industry or from a different background. You get the post-it notes, you scrap what you know, and you reimagine things. By presenting a problem that is outside of somebody else's realm, or by being presented a problem that is outside of your realm, it makes your brain work in different ways. And by using one of my favorite prompts, wouldn't it be cool if... It can help you resist the urge to be too literal or too focused on strategy. The purpose of a play date is not to leave and go, great, here's the 10-step process that we now use. It's not about making a plan. It's about letting your brain go to new places. It's about experimenting. And I think we experiment far too little as we get more entrenched in our routine and more dependent on systems and processes. Another way that I have found that helps me get unstuck is to help somebody else with their challenge, their problem. There are some magical things that happen in my coaching Zoom room, one of which is that while supporting somebody else and getting unstuck or working with someone else on their challenges, it fires me up to face some of my own. You've heard me joke before, like, take my advice. I'm not using it. Because there are moments where I will have some really great feedback for somebody or a great question. And I have to remind myself to jot it down and apply it to myself. This is a version of getting somebody else's perspective because your brain is working on someone else's problem. I know for me that when I am stuffed to the gills with work and somebody will say, do you have any space to help me with this? I'm like, yes, please let me do it. Give me the problem. Let me do something for somebody else instead of myself. I am so eager to jump at the chance to help someone else. Maybe it's because I want to avoid my own work. Maybe it's because I want to procrastinate. But an interesting byproduct is that it really exercises my brain and forces me to think differently. And when I use my brain in different ways, I can go back to my own challenges with a new perspective, or at the very least, get some different pathways of thinking. It also reminds me that I'm good at what I do. So when I have an opportunity to help with what somebody else is doing, I get some validation of like, oh, I helped that person. What could happen if I applied that to myself? Yeah, I think lots of times when someone is stuck, they feel like they need a mentor to help them. But oftentimes being a mentor can be more helpful because it is a reminder of maybe it's it's even just a reminder of the fundamentals of what you do, which can bring out some ideas. I find this a lot. I'm in the classroom every week with my social media marketing classes that I teach, and I'm teaching a lot of fundamentals. But the ideas that they have or when something clicks for them, it reinforces to me some of the things that I should be trying again or revisiting because I haven't looked at it in a while because it's a beginner concept. But those beginner concepts still work. I just need to be reminded of them. So by mentoring someone or teaching someone or helping someone or coaching someone, you're helping that person, which is fantastic but also it's so beneficial for you as well. Oh, I love this so much. You are, you're bang on here. I, I forget the exact quote, but it's like the best way to, to reinforce or to learn something is to teach it to somebody else. And you're right, they're, they're basics and they're fundamentals and foundations for a reason, because they work. So even though we can think that, oh, I, I've surpassed this level, of fundamentals. We talked about this in um, a previous episode about 
doing the ideal client exercise. Yes, you did it when you started your business. That's because it's really valuable. You don't have to think that just because I've done it once, I never have to do it again. It's fundamental for a reason. If we go back to basics, sometimes we can have some, some moments of like, oh yeah, this shit works. Why am I overcomplicating something when it doesn't require that? LP, how else do you get yourself unstuck so that you can use your freedoms and perks of entrepreneurship? I have one other approach that I take and it's funny and it feels selfish compared to us just talking about helping people and being a mentor and being a teacher. This is something that I don't intentionally do. It's something that just happens to happen. If I have a conversation with someone who doesn't have freedom in their work, they don't have the opportunities to create their own schedule or create their own processes. That sucks. Um, but it does give me some refreshed perspective that sometimes I need. And so sometimes it's just chatting with a friend that it's like, let's just have a complaint about work session. Everybody does that. You know, you need 20 minutes, just chat about how shitty your day was or how shitty your boss is or something. Yeah. Everyone needs to have those sometimes. If I have a friend who works in a button down corporate environment, you know, not that creative a job or whatever, I put myself in their shoes for a few minutes and it's like, hey, this is pretty good. I've, I have the opportunity to play when, when many people don't, and maybe I'm not being helpful to them. It's just a bitch session, but it really helps me remind myself that I have a, I have a really good opportunity over here to play. I love that. And yes, it's self-serving and also who the fuck cares. I think that's amazing. Knowing that it's a reminder of, oh yeah, I do have this perk. Why am I not using it? I know at one point, uh, my partner is a professor and I remember he was in a department meeting and Liz, I, I texted you throughout this. I'm sitting on the couch and I'm overhearing parts of it. And one thing I heard was a discussion of, of whether a door should be locked or not. And it was a 17 minute discussion of if the door should be locked or not. And the end of that discussion was, we will revisit it at our meeting next month. And I just wanted like, oh, I just felt like my eyeballs were bleeding. And like, I just couldn't imagine sitting in a meeting and spending 20 minutes on this. And that's my reminder of how would I spend this 20 minutes? If I had 20 minutes to play, what's the next thing I want to do? What's the thing I want to brainstorm? What are the post-it notes, the random ideas that I want to write out? Or the wouldn't it be cool if list that I want to add to? What would I put on there knowing that I not only have this time, but it's part of my job. This is what counts as work. Who doesn't want that? I, I understand being the envy of many people in corporate jobs or traditional jobs. So how unfortunate if I'm not willing to, to use that. I would love to know from our listeners, please join us on Instagram at the Amanda Wagner. What is a perk or freedom that you have as a leader or entrepreneur that you need to use more often? I also think about leaders in, in a corporate space, nonprofit space, who may have access to things like professional development funds or to learning days that they say, oh, I'm too busy. I don't use them. Use them. This is an opportunity to use it and a reminder that it's there for a reason. So if we reconsider what counts as work, if we can think about how we can try something a little bit differently and give ourselves permission to be beginners 
there are many amazing things that can happen from that. And I know personally, just having this conversation, I'm like, Ooh, okay. I want a little reimagination session. I want a play date with someone where I'm like, here's how I've been doing it. How could it be different? What if it was different? doesn't have to be, we're not making a plan or a strategy, but what do you think? So I would love to hear, uh, to hear from you. Tell, tell us those perks or freedoms that you need to use more often so that we can see maybe we need to use them too. Next month, we are talking about how changing life experiences influence our ambition. How might our ambition change or, or be reset amongst life changes and transitions. We're also talking about loyalty amongst entrepreneurs and other professionals, especially in a community that feels like a small town. So we're digging into some elements of ambition, but also some of the the kind of nitty gritty of who do we work with? How does that work relationship unfold? What are some of the challenges? And uh, it's juicy stuff. I'm really jazzed for our next two episodes. So once again, please join us on Instagram at the Amanda Wagner and tell us how you're going to take advantage of the perk or freedom that you have as an entrepreneur. And once again, for the fall of 2022, I am looking for speaking gigs and I believe in don't ask, don't get. So if you have a favorite conference or event or you or your company host events for entrepreneurs and leaders, and you are looking for a knock your socks off speaker that your audience will remember and enjoy and take something away from, that's that's me. I'm your person. Go to theamandawagner.com slash speaking to find out more about custom keynotes and my favorite topics to speak on. And I would love to be connected with your event. And if you need some help with digital storytelling or social media, hit me up. You can connect with me on Instagram at Liz Pittman or visit lizpittman.com. I hope that this conversation has lit you up to go and play and experiment and try something different. Go find your person for a play date. Reconsider what counts as work. Listen to somebody else's complaint session to remind yourself that you have this space. So it's time to take advantage of it. We will be back in two weeks with a brand new episode. Until then, friends, we will see you on the internet. The next episode, episode 57, Mm -hmm. that's the episode with a secret. Mm -hmm. I'm really excited. I mean, you should be. I don't know how to do it, but I'm excited and I'm nervous.